Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? I've been bouncing around a few games in my old Steam library. I've been playing a lot of uh, BattleTech. A to- very fun game. I just it's one of those games that you kind of got to devote a lot of time to it because it's very involved um bounce around a few other games nothing really notable it's just one of the things that i i want a game that really just envelops me for lack of a better word um i've been thinking about getting um mass effect legendary edition it's just that i've already played all those games and as much as i want to play the first one with all the updates and the graphical improvements, because that game was a bit of a graphical nightmare. It's just, I, can say that, I, yeah. I, I can't bring myself to replay all those games again. Um, I'll mm-hmm. probably get it, like, in the winter, you know, towards closer to Christmas. as like a winter game when things have died down a bit. Or if it goes on, like, a crazy sale, I'll probably grab it then. Um, but other than that, just, you know, bouncing around this game, that game, some other game. Just looking for something to really fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I might see what I've got in my library. See what I can maybe recommend you. I know we play slightly different games, but I'll uh, I'll have a little look. Um, it's also worth, by the way, if you maybe go back through your PS Plus library, maybe there's some games you forgot about that got added or or something. You you, you never know what you might uh, what you might find. So, um, so as you saw on my stream, was it two days ago? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I finished uh, Old World Soulstorm. Uh, I'm going to do a review either today, probably more likely tomorrow, because uh, I'm going to record some other stuff after the football today, uh, and then going to record some other stuff after the Breaking Bad podcast tomorrow. Um, game's fantastic, really, really is. I uh, just, I, I really, really like what they've what they've done with this game, and um, I mean, I know I kind of said about this yesterday. If you, if I could go back in in time. Which obviously none of us can uh, at the moment. Um, <laughs> if I could go back in time and like say to my younger self, "Hey, when you're 27, I almost forgot how old I was. When you're 27 in 2021, you'll be playing like this version of the game and show that like younger me, I don't know, a video of me playing it or something like that." Um, he'd probably be quite happy. I know I said that same sort of thing last week, but um, it's just so I get really happy with some games where. Um, you know when things like sequels are announced or certain types of games are announced and we've got our own ideas ourselves of like, oh, they could do this or this or this, depending on, you know, the genre and the series and that sort of thing. This is one of them times where, you know, I want certain, me and you and obviously the audience want certain things from the games that we play. And obviously there's a, there's a certain level of like ideas that devs have got ideas that we've got and we see how that mixes together you know sometimes for better sometimes for worse but what i really appreciate sometimes about developers which is exactly what's happened here when a dev takes a game series and thinks okay the you may not have thought of this idea or this idea and then implements it into the game to where i you know i'm only only speaking from kind of my perspective when I play a game and think like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of putting that into this game and how much better it makes it. There's a lot of things that have been done in this, I don't know what you want to call it, remaster with the extra parts and stuff. Um, 
So uh, you, you put some of those ideas in Oddworld, so some ideas that I never would have kind of thought of. And that's obviously where, you know, again, I'm not a game developer, I'm not paid to do that. So I don't quite have that specific mindset, but I do know what I want from certain games. And just seeing kind of those ideas put into these sorts of games and with Oddworld and seeing like, oh, I never thought of that as being a good idea. That's pretty good. It's in here and it also works as well. Because there's, there's two sort of other steps towards that as well, which is where a dev puts an idea into a game and then actually pulls it off successfully because uh, you can put lots of different ideas into games it doesn't quite mean that they're always going to work so I'm I'm really glad that it sort of turned out in that way as well uh, what did you think of the bit of the stream that you saw yeah I mean obviously living in America I don't get your style of football I don't really know the rules on that sense and I don't really follow what everything is but as long as you're having fun with the game, as long as the game, you know, is true to form, that's really the most important thing, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got uh, two Twitch streams to put up on YouTube. I'll either do that today or tomorrow, depending on, it doesn't even really take me that long, it's just a case of remembering to do it. Uh, it's been a few times, actually, where I've been like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like done for today, turn off the laptop. And then as I'm kind of walking out the room, I was like, oh, I didn't put those Twitch streams on YouTube. <laughs> and I've like you know got to boot up the laptop and stuff again so sometimes i do that sometimes i just leave it till next day but uh there is uh two separate twitch streams uh one of me playing the last part of the game and then one of me reacting to uh my ending of the game because of course you can get different endings depending on how you did and that sort of thing um so yeah it's uh it's, I, I have a lot of things to it's one of them games like with maybe crash and last of us where Okay, I'm not going to finish it and jump straight on the laptop and do a review. I want to like take a few days to kind of, you know, let my mind settle on the game and try to think about everything that I want to say. Because there, there's an annoying level too when you do podcast certain times, which is when you record an episode on something and then like even an hour later after you've published it, you think, oh, I should have said that. I forgot to say this or that. So I will probably still do that to a certain degree, but I just want to like take a few days after finishing it and uh just sort of uh settle on the game a bit i think makes sense to do that so um yeah as for your uh you know abe odd world or whatever what that game was i for- i honestly forget the title uh-huh. that one i literally came in at the last minute i mean the, like <laughs> yeah. the last last minute so i really couldn't comment on that which is why i was talking about the football game so mm-hmm. um yeah i noticed that because i was like oh i'm gonna wrap up the stream in a second let me just do a little talk and then it like popped up another viewer and i was like oh great someone's coming like as i've as i finished so um that happened before actually with the stream before i was like finishing a checkpoint of a level and i was like oh i'm kind of done for today and then as i was wrapping up and there's like three new people came in i was like oh great you know they've got like not much to stick around for <laughs> i suppose uh so hey grateful to everybody that watches the stuff and listens to everything that we do but uh it's just it's different with live streams as opposed to with podcasts because you know a podcast just there and you listen to it from the start when you join in a live stream and it's like the last two minutes you know you kind of miss things but hey there you go um but uh yeah fantastic game i've mainly been focusing on sort of playing that i've played a bit of cod here and there um, I unlocked another attachment for the new pistol that i was surprised that they added i can't remember the name of it it's Skarlov or something like that it's called and um, the unique thing with this pistol I think I mentioned it about I don't know three or four weeks ago when it first got released 
is um, you can unlock this barrel with it at level 40 to when it uh, fully automatically fires. And then you can combine that with an 80 round mag and you can essentially shoot for a long time, basically. But then obviously you need to put like stock attachments and other things onto it so that it doesn't fly up into the air when you shoot it. So... Um, that that's that's the difficult thing with doing any kind of custom classes on COD is like okay you want this gun to be really powerful and fire really well but you also want it to be stable because <laughs> like you know okay you might have a gun that fires really fast or is really powerful but can you actually control it and even hit the target so um <clears throat> but uh went and unlocked that that was pretty good i haven't actually used it in a full game yet so i'm going to do that whenever i'm going to go and play COD next so that's been good as well um not played much else uh, i'm not sure what to jump onto next i've got kind of two options i can either continue with oddworld soulstorm and try and save some more madokans and get better karma and get a different ending or i can go back to last of us 2 and try and get those last two bits done uh which does mean finishing the rest of the playthrough that i was doing uh because i've got to get the uh weapon upgrades with the gears and the skill tree things with the supplements so i don't know which one both of them are kind of like completionist sort of things now i will say i'm not going to try and platinum uh oddworld soulstorm there's a trophy in there which i'm not quite sure why it was put in there but it, i think it says something to the degree of try and uh finish the game without getting abe killed which yeah good luck with that so to like anybody who tries that because <laughs> uh you'll die by accident like several times so i don't quite know why they put that in there but um i don't know my int my main interest for me is saving enough Madoc saving enough madokans to where i get the good ending and then i can kind of just like finish it there i suppose um but i don't know wh which one do you think i should do next which which of those two options honestly i don't know i mean i've never been a completionist myself uh -huh. um, I talked about before on the podcast how the original first run of Mass Effect, I literally had one achievement to get and I couldn't be bothered to do it because it was, <laughs> it was literally getting a character to level 60. And I'd already done, you know, a Paragon playthrough and a uh, Renegade playthrough and I'd done everything like six times and I just couldn't bring myself to do uh -huh. yet another playthrough just to get to level 60. So that's not a question you can ask me. You know, find somebody that is a completionist and ask them. <laughs> yeah, just I suppose it depends which one I want to do that with next. So I don't know. I'll figure that out. But uh, hey, some of that will be part of the next next uh, Twitch streams. So um, there you go. Uh, speaking of Twitch streams, important kind of poll that I put out on Twitter, eTalk UK on Twitter, by the way, if you want to go and find that. Um, I think you do need a Twitter account and be logged in to vote on it, but you can see the poll if you want to. Uh, there's not many votes at the moment, but uh, I basically put out a vote to say, okay, you know, there's certain times of the day that I want to Twitch stream, but it's important that other people have it at their preferred time, because again, it's live. Um, so there's a poll on Twitter at the moment that I put on there, and it basically says what what part of the day, not like, you know, 1pm or 2pm, it sort of says morning, afternoon, late afternoon or evening which which would you sort of prefer so if uh i, I mean it's good to ask it on this podcast because it's going to be to do with gaming and stuff so if you want to go and vote as to which time of day or which part of the day you'd like me to stream in um please do go and vote on that because that's quite important to sort of know that uh the first couple of votes or whatever that came in said evening which i would guess would be people's preferred times um obviously you're not talking about evening in the, in the u.s because that would be like in the middle of the you know in the middle of the night for me so 
we'll see how that works out but go and vote on it and uh let me know what you think but what what, what would you say is people's preferred times probably evening i suppose generally evening that's when people usually had the most free time so yeah yeah so which i'm fine with doing um as well it just depends what people want exactly so um but that's all the uh what we've been doing and that sort of thing uh let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some news after that see you in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up koalu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for koalu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad free versions of entertainment talks podcast and support us along the way you can simply sign up over on our patreon page you can sign up either as a creator or as a patron there's no difference there for the time being and you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, we did another Fear the Walking Dead podcast last night. Uh, this was for Season 6, Episode 13, which is the newest one. There's only three more episodes left for the season, so 14, 15, and 16. Uh, so we'll see how that goes for the rest of the season. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Batwoman's also continuing over here in the UK on E4, and uh, Sunday had another episode, which was up to Season 2, Episode 5 so far. So that's the newest part of that that I've covered. Uh, United Cast, there was a few episodes last week because there was a lot of games because of delays and other bits and pieces. Uh, May United lost 4-2 at home to Liverpool, which was a bit of a disaster. And uh, it was quite annoying, so you can check out that one if you want to. Uh, I did a preview podcast last week as well for A Quiet Place Part 2, which I believe press screenings have started happening. I've started to see a few sort of tweets out there. No spoilers or anything, just sort of people's... uh, embargo twitter opinions and that sort of thing sometimes embargoes are a bit weird like you can tweet about what you saw but you can't like do a video on it and whatever i don't know I suppose it's down to the the company isn't it um mm-hmm. but that is coming out on the i think it's either the third or the fourth of june my cinema's got it listed as the fourth of june uh which has been delayed for 14 months so goodness me it's been a long it's been a long long wait because it was going to come out right before the pandemic happened and then of course the whole world kind of went up in flames so 
Um, yeah, that's coming out two weeks on Friday, basically. Not completely sure if it's the third or the fourth. I'm hoping it's the third on the Thursday. Uh, but we'll see. But that will be the film in two weeks' time. But the preview podcast was talking about, you know, my expectations, watching the final trailer, uh, just talking about the film, talking about the first one as well. So there is spoilers for that film and just other things related to that. Uh, Breaking Bad podcast, newest one, season two, episode five. We'll be doing episode six tomorrow. Uh, United cast also lost 2-1 to Leicester. So that was that as well. Gaming talk last week, we talked about Resident Evil Village, Battlefield 6, Halo Infinite, and some lawsuits. I believe we've got another lawsuit to talk about today as well. Uh, did a podcast talking about the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer. I watched the trailer and talked about my feelings on the film and the trailer. Uh, Man United also lost three, uh, sorry, one three one away against Aston Villa as well. Um, so there was that on the United cast front. Uh, that's pretty much what we've been doing on Entertainment Talk. Uh, you can also search for us on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Speaking of the good old Oddworld Soulstorm and Lauren Lanning himself, uh, he did an interview with a website I've never heard of before, but it's called, hang on, let me get the photo up that I've got here, uh, Dex Eerto, so D-E-X-E-R-T-O, that's the name of the website, they did an interview and uh, essentially some of the tidbits or parts from the interview said, uh, in an interview with Oddworld Incorporated creator Lauren, Lauren Lanning, which I think is how you say his name. Uh, we wanted to know what's coming out after Soulstorm because the game is out now. So what are they kind of doing next? And it says here, uh, I really hope to be able to go deeper into the story of Abe, the lead protagonist. Uh, we've been talking about doing an animated uh, series as well and also wants to do um, another game. So they want to do another game and they want to also do an animated series, which I think would be very interesting. Um... So something I thought about when I first read that and started thinking about other games that I care about and that I follow. Do you remember, I think it was two podcasts ago where we talked about the whole Crash Spyro uh, Call of Duty thing with Activision and how mm-hmm. they've moved Toys for Bob and they've moved like Vicarious Visions and uh, Beanox is like a support studio or whatever now and they're all kind of working on COD, apart from Vicarious Visions is working on uh, Blizzard games for some reason. And I said about... You know how it wasn't completely clear if someone like Toys for Bob or the, the other devs or like Beanox if they were completely being taken off of Crash and Spyro because there was the whole thing about uh, being a support studio for Crash 4 and like some of the devs had kind of said oh we're kind of doing a bit of both which also doesn't quite make sense why would you not just keep things the way that they are uh, the difference with this and with Oddworld and with Abe and everything uh, Oddworld Incorporated, which is uh, sorry, Oddworld Inhabitants, I think is is the uh, dev studio's name. Uh, they are independent, so nobody can kind of tell them what to do. Uh, as opposed to Toys for Bob or somebody who made you know the Spyro remaster and Crash Bandicoot Four, they're under the roof of Activision, who can tell them what to do. So even if Toys for Bob doesn't want to do stuff on Crash and uh, sorry stuff on uh, Call of Duty, and they just want to stick to Crash. If Activision's got a different idea in mind, which it seems like they did, or they currently do, uh, they 
don't have quite so much of the choice. Whereas with Lauren Lanning and the whole Oddworld thing, um, he's pretty much in charge of the whole situation. So, yeah, if they want to do another game or do an animated TV series, they can go ahead and do that. So, it is really nice to know that, although I think the future of Crash is relatively safe, obviously Spyro I'm not quite as invested in, because I haven't got quite the same nostalgia there. It is nice to know that, at least with one of these uh, games from like the PlayStation 1 history, which is the era that I grew up with, with Abe and everything, um, it is nice to know that like nobody can kind of tell them what to do. They can make these decisions for themselves if they want to do another game. And I've got the confidence that, you know, if they make another one, it's going to be pretty good. Because all, all I'd kind of want is um, if you take some of the same mechanics and, like, all the new stuff that they did with Soulstorm, put that into a new game and then probably put, like, some other new ideas in there. Uh, do another big game like that. I mean, I know it might take some time. It might take, you know... I don't know, four or five years, or, or it depends what it would be like now, now that they've kind of got some of the assets and things. Um, but they, they would be able to, to do that. Um, there, there's been a lot of talk as well with the Old World games about this Quintology thing, um, and how there's supposed to be like more games in this sort of Abe saga. Um, I think, sorry, I think some of those games are supposed to involve. Um, a character called Munch and a character called uh, Stranger uh, from the Stranger's Wrath game because there's a game called uh, I think it's Oddworld Munch's Odyssey and then there's a game called I think it's Oddworld Stranger's Wrath I think those are the names of those two games I haven't played either of those those are with completely different characters but they're supposed to be in they're in the same world as Abe so I think one of the ideas is because you have um, Oddworld New and Tasty which is the remaster of the first game uh, Odyssey. Then you have Soulstorm, which is like an extension of Exodus, but with a remaster kind of thing in there. Um, I think what you, they're supposed to do next with the story is bring in Munch and bring in the Stranger's Wrath character, whoever that guy is, and put them into the story. And then I think there's supposed to be two more games that gets put into this, and then we'll see what happens kind of afterwards. Um, animated series, that would be a pretty good idea. I mean, there's quite a lot of lore in these games and as much as I love the games you only really kind of get to see some of the depth of that with the cutscenes and things because obviously most of the gameplay stuff if you most of the gameplay stuff is you sort of just surviving and trying to get your friends to safety the, the Madokans and as much as I love that that kind of doesn't always delve into the lore of the world um so yeah if you take like you know the gameplay away and then just have like a I don't know, a 10 hour or whatever it would be, a uh, story kind of thing, that would allow you to dive in more to that. So, um, but yeah, Robert, what do you think of uh, this situation with Oddworld and kind of seemingly its bright future, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a ton of lore to be explored in that, in that uh, universe there, so hopefully we'll get something interesting out of it. Outside of that, I haven't played the Abe game since it was an exclusive on the original Xbox, so I'm not that familiar with anything that would be considered canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what do you think if they kind of changed formats a bit and did a did a TV show? Yeah, we'll just have to see from there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I wonder where that would be shown, because, again, Sony, did, I mean, I guess they'd sell it to somebody. Like, I mean, they can't really sell it to 
Sony because they don't have a streaming service. Maybe like a Netflix or, or they made it if they make a deal with like Netflix or something that would that would kind of make sense. Uh, or like a Hulu or, or somebody. I don't know who they really have connections with other than maybe Sony. So uh, although Sony's got connections connections with Netflix, so that would that would probably make sense, I guess. But no, uh, oh, I thought he was going to say something. Um, but uh, yeah, that would probably make the most sense to me. So we'll see um obviously i'd like with if they did a tv show if it was directly canon with the current timeline now with with what we're doing um but no the the i hadn't played like munch's odyssey or stranger's wrath i know that they did add them to switch um but they're they're like totally different types of i don't even know if they are classed as sort of madokans i think munch is not madokan uh but i don't think the stranger's wrath character is because he's kind of like a cowboy gunslinger sort of character so he's he's a bit different so we'll see um but yeah i mean they, they've started putting those games on switch so maybe they'll put those on playstation because i don't know with the with the versions of those two games that are on switch i don't know if they are like remasters or ports or or anything um so i don't know like canon wise if they tie in or however that works so we'll see um, but yeah, the future looks bright at the moment for Oddworld Soulstorm. I haven't heard about anything to do with um, sales or anything. Obviously, the game uh, PS5 version was put onto PS Plus, so there must have been some sort of deal struck there. Um, but there's also the case that the, the physical version on PS4 doesn't come out until July. I don't quite know why that happened. But the the, the, the digital version, basically, uh, digital versions for PC and for PS4 are the only ones that you can actually like purchase right now because obviously with the with the ps5 um uh version you get ps plus for that so i don't know we'll see um but yeah the future looks pretty good for for those games uh, let's move on from that and uh into some other weird stuff uh ubisoft um has announced or has talked about moving on from releasing three to four AAA games a year and changing their strategy to focus on high-end free-to-play games um, I mean, I've kind of, me, me, myself, have kind of started to lose personal interest a little bit with Ubisoft. I mean, Assassin's Creed, I've, like, spoken about that before, how I'm kind of, eh, just, like, out with, with that franchise. They're not doing anything with Splinter Cell, they're not really doing anything with Rayman. Uh, they got the Prince of Persia remaster games for the, for the first one, I think. Uh, Far Cry sort of taken a bit of a dip with the last two games far cry 6 looks interesting but that's only because of Giancarlo esposito um outside of that they got like what the rainbow six siege games which are which are quite good but i never quite got into those uh other than that i can't think i mean yeah splinter cell they're not doing anything meaningful with um how about you how would this kind of affect your gaming and stuff and your sort of ties to what you play from ubisoft yeah, this really wouldn't affect me at all. I'm in the same boat that you are. It's, you know, I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla more because I was interested in the Viking aspect than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was like six or seven different things they could have done differently and should have done differently, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. I really wish they would do something with Splinter Cell, but they're not going to at all. So it doesn't really affect me that much. Yeah, I mean, this kind of just screams to me, instead of putting a bunch of money into three or four AAA games a year, let's just go to, like, free-to-play mobile games. 
Um, which they're kind of already doing a little bit because I think Splinter Cell himself is in what two or three mobile games. I don't know if they're all released yet, but he was in that like team squad weird kind of game, and he was in another one. And then they've got like the Rayman games and stuff, and some other weird stuff. Uh, but that obviously falls into the whole you know microtransaction free-to-play model, um, which. I, I I don't know, it feels like just sort of peeling back a little bit on spending money on big games and just sort of focusing on free-to-play mobile games, which just doesn't sound as good. So, um, I mean, do, do you think that means that we would see like a some sort of weird single-player Splinter Cell mobile game, which is a game what nobody would sort of want from the franchise? Do you think we'd maybe see that? It's possible. I doubt it, but it's possible. Because mm-hmm. they've done things like, you know, they commissioned the, the Netflix animated series, which is a good idea, but again, it's not a single-player console game. Um, then they did things like adding him to the, the mobile other games that they've got, which again isn't specifically what people want. So, I mean, they don't even necessarily have to make a new Splinter Cell game. Just go back around. I mean, you've got games from, like, the original xbox haven't you with uh was it chaos theory i think it was called mm-hmm. and then some of the other ones go back and remaster some of them like those are old games that can bring in a new generation which is a great idea so you don't even really have to think of new ideas just remaster old stuff which I- i'm all for if they if they decided to do that that would be great so um because i probably wouldn't play splinter cell i wouldn't probably play conviction and blacklist again because i only played those if you remember about a year or two ago when i went through those on backwards compatibility uh, so I probably wouldn't play remastered versions of those again. I'd probably go back to some of the the other ones, uh, like if it was Chaos Theory or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like... I mean, business-wise, obviously, it'll probably work out for Ubisoft. But in terms of like us getting good AAA games, they look like they want to do less of those. Um, so if they, if they... Let's say they did, instead of three to four AAA games, they did two uh AAA games or like two to three. Uh which franchises do you think they'll probably pick from um if they were if they're gonna sort of do this? I mean it would have to be something either in the uh, Assassin's Creed genre or their Splinter Cell um genre, which they're not gonna do. Possibly their Rainbow Six genre. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably thinking if they continued so let's say you you do two AAA games a year. If you rotated it so that you got like a Far Cry game and a Assassin's Creed game, I still think we'll probably get Assassin's Creed every year until the end of time or whatever. Um, where they'll take the story, who knows? But they'll probably keep pumping those games out. And then you maybe rotate like Rainbow Six with something like Far Cry um, every year because it doesn't have to be the same games every year. It's just two specific releases. I suppose so. If they did like a new Rainbow Six, uh, game or something, and then rotated it with Far Cry, and then um, what's the other game franchise that they have releases from? I can't think of what one it is. Uh, because I was thinking of Wolfenstein, but that's that's Bethesda, so mm-hmm. it's not that one. Uh, but anyway, I think they'll probably try and do something like that. So, uh, when this will actually change and take effect next year I'm guessing probably because they've already got games in development probably slated for this year um, oh yeah there's also things like Watch Dogs as well which I if I'm to point out one 
franchise that's ongoing that's had releases that I care about from Ubisoft, it probably is Watch Dogs. Because I did like Legion. It was relatively good. So it'll probably be that. I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, but that's all the news that I got. What do you got for this week? Well, the uh, poor bastard that has to be the spokesperson for Stadia is oh releasing from the straight from the desk of delusion. In an interview with Game Industry, developer marketing lead Nate Ahern said that Stadia is, quote, alive and well and plans to release more than 100 new games on the platform this year. We are continuing to make Stadia a great place to play and to play games on devices you already own. He said, I'd tell any non-believers to take notice of how we are continuing to put our words into action as we grow the Stadia Makers program and partner with AAA studios like Capcom, EA, Square, etc. Now, this is despite the fact that the profile, the high-profile studio head Jade Raymond has left, Mm -hmm. the vice president and product head John Justice has left, as well as six other members of the team to join Raymond in their new Haven Studios. Um, Stadia is now being headed up by Don Zimmering, who is a Google rep described as, quote, a senior leader in the product development for both Stadia um, Project Stream and other projects. He will be leading the team towards the goal of creating the best possible platform for gamers and technologies for our partners. So, yeah, just utter delusion on that point. So, there was the point, I mean, there's a lot of points to kind of take from this, some of which are just complete bullshit. Uh, like, alive and well. No, your platform is not alive and well. Um, I mean, you just embarrassed yourself, like, literally two weeks ago, last week, whenever it was, that you announced that you got a search function. Like, that's that's not okay. Um, it's great that the search function's there now, but Jesus Christ, it took about a year and a half to put it in there. Um, so you, you you said about, like, we're releasing 100 games or whatever. I'm guessing they're talking about third party because there's no way that Stadia's got you that many games in development or anything close to that. I mean, didn't they announce some time ago that they closed down a couple of their studios? So I don't even know what they've... I don't even know what Stadia's got left in terms of, like... Their their first party games. I know obviously things like um, uh, like cer- certain third party games are still being added because you had things like the Avengers game, you had like Cyberpunk. I think Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla was uh, was added to it through, through Stadia. Um, so unless they're talking about those, but um, it said in that I think it said in that quote that we've we've got a hundred games in development. So I don't know who's supposed to be making those. Um, because I don't know what else they've really kind of got left, but, um, I was thinking about this, um, once we actually finished recording and, like, maybe a couple of days after, when they said about the search function, Entertainment Talk, when it was made, or or first kind of, like, the domain was first kind of registered, not as a public one, because the website was kind of, um, not for any particular reason, but it, it was set private for the two days that I was sort of, like, actually making it. Um, you know, and kind of prepping it and that sort of thing. Entertainment Talk had a search search function before it was a public website because it was simply just built into the into the function. Um, and then, you know, I set the website public, I think, two days later on the, the 6th of April 2016. And uh, it, was to, it, was, it was like a normal 
you know, because I made a WordPress account basically, and sort of the rest is history. But because because you already had things set as default, like certain menu options and a search fu- search function was already kind of there just as a default thing. So yeah, take 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 that into a bit of consideration when talking about how Stadia has has kind of gone. Um, so yeah, but I I don't buy this whole alive and well thing. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because you can still, as far as I know, you can still go and like sign up and use Stadia, whatever is actually on there. Uh, I know they do have a bunch of Assassin's Creed games. Um, they've got, they have got their previous first party games that they did make and release on the platform, and then they've got other games sort of on there as well. Um, but no, I don't believe that it's alive and well. How about yourself? Yeah, that's just like I said. It's from the desk of delusion because they have no idea what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, when when do you think we'll get any sort of announcement? That like, okay, not not on the same day, but an announcement on a day to where they say, okay, Stadia is officially just shutting down, or just like not necessarily shutting down, but like support on it has stopped, or some sort of definitive thing like that when when do you think that would probably get announced uh never what would you mean never i mean it, this is a dying product like google glass and google hangout and pretty much everything else that google does so mm-hmm. i mean you could keep stadia in a way where nothing continues to get added to it but you can still kind of like sign up for it if you want it um a, a, a bit, a bit like how you know the the Vita. I mean, the Vita still got a couple of games coming out for it and stuff. Things like maybe the the PS3. Like when was the last time the uh, game was released on the PS3? But you can still go and at least at the moment, you can still go and like you know sign up for a PSM, buy a PS3, turn it on and purchase and download games. I mean, I know because I have a PS3 and things like you can probably still do that with an Xbox 360. But there's no real. 360 games coming out so i'm talking about maybe when stadia's in that sort of state to where there's nothing new added to it because there's no one wants to do anything with it but you can maybe still use it as like functionally as it is so like play the games and stuff that are on there and you can still sign up to it I wonder yeah i mean I... there's a there's a slight difference i mean playstation vita was initially launched in 2011 right that was 10 years ago so yeah. that's a a 10-year-old product not being viable today is different than a non-functioning piece of crap that they released a year ago yeah. or yeah. less not being functioning today. Mm-hmm. So, Tiny bit of difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll see uh, what the future holds for Stadia. I don't imagine it's very much, um, but... We shall see. I'm just curious what they meant about the 100, 100 games. I, I'm sure that like 90% of that is third-party games coming out. Uh, but we'll see. So, Because uh, they'll probably try and grab like okay, the next Assassin's Creed or like the next FIFA or something like that. Like the, These third-party games will come out all the time that they can kind of rely on. Uh, or like Ubisoft games like a Far Cry 6 or something. So I'm sure they'll uh, keep relying on those. Alright, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, also from the desk of this makes absolutely no sense, uh, we got an update for this year's E3. Obviously, it's going to be uh, virtual with everything still going on in the world. 
but they announced that they are going to try to gamify this year's E3, holding virtual lounges to hang out at and leaderboards for being the most on E3. I honestly, outside of my initial sarcasm, I have no idea what they're talking about for this because how do you gamify watching something online? That 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 just makes no sense whatsoever. What what the hell? I mean, seriously. I am so confused by this article. Um, apparently, you'll be able to customize an avatar and hang out in social spaces, um, which I guess is a thing now. Um, you have to register for the portal, but it is free. And outside of that, this, this, I'm sorry. This, this makes no sense. I'm stupefied at this. Maybe it's some sort of like PlayStation Home thing where you make an avatar and you can kind of walk around and. Yeah, but PlayStation could never get home to work, and they eventually ditched it. Mm-hmm. Much like in at least with the Xbox platform, when they did their avatars, it had some functionality. They tried to make games to use your avatar. I mean, they technically haven't ditched that. You can still modify your avatar and you know do custom content for it and play games on it and whatever but they just really haven't done anything with it this this just makes no sense hmm yeah well it won't be something i'll be really kind of bothering with i'll just be watching the uh presentations and sort of seeing what what games get announced so because that's what uh e3 basically is to me um I'm not sure what they do with like because you said about leaderboards and competitions and stuff. Maybe you can get like games or or something. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see how that works out. I suppose. <laughs> so um, so so what like kind of specifically are you confused about here? I guess. I guess why? I mean, I can understand trying to become more relevant. Mm-hmm. transitioning everything from a, a physical space to a virtual space. I mean, even without COVID, that kind of makes more sense. It's more cost-effective. You're reaching the same number of people, essentially. You're not forcing people to fly halfway around the country or mm-hmm. possibly halfway around the world to see an event that you could watch online with your computer. That makes total sense um, from a logistics standpoint. Trying to gamify E3 makes no sense. I I just don't get that. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose it would be one of the things where like people will be doing, I don't know, TikTok videos, Snapchat videos or all that sort of stuff. So, and probably like, you know, Twitch streams and whatever else. I suppose this is just trying to do some sort of virtual social interaction um for E3 because like you know we, we'd lost even with things like Comic Con and all sorts of big events um, you know most of them sort of either didn't happen or happened digitally so I suppose now that we're kind of on year two so to speak of, of all this this is just kind of an attempt at trying to get people in an area but do it virtually so I'm not sure but uh, again it's not something I'll be particularly participating in and uh, I'll just be looking forward to seeing what games get announced so uh let's move on from that then what else do you want to talk about uh well for those of us that are big into pc games or anybody that's buying a console with an amd processor in it 
Um, obviously, those shortages aren't going to end anytime soon, but AMD is making efforts to try to alleviate that. They filed what is called a K-8 filing to the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is required when a company wishes to announce something significant to its shareholders. In the filing, AMD outlined its amendment and restated seventh amendment to its wafer supplying agreement with Global Foundries. And I know that's really in the weeds because it's amendment to an amendment to an amendment. Um, but basically what this is is that AMD is paying... billion to get out of its exclusivity deal with Global Foundries, which is its initial manufacturing arm of its chips. And technically, AMD has been free of uh, Global Foundries royalties for a while, but now it is free to pursue chips from other manufacturers at their 7 nanometer and smaller processing. So basically, all this is is just them paying a, frankly, insane amount of money to get rid of any and all exclusivity for manufacturing so that it can try to build up and get going with more processors, um, processors and console manufacturings. Um, this obviously won't have any kind of immediate effect, um, but it will free up resources for them to get more processors out into the world, hopefully to alleviate a bit of this supply drought that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, AMD has custom processors for Xbox Series X and Series S, as well as graphics cards and computer processors. Has this got anything to do with... Because um... I remember they said with the PlayStation shortages, how it was to do with, like... I can't, I can't remember if it, if it was AMD chip or something else that I'm misremembering. Is this to do with that as well? Or am I thinking of something else? Let me check real quick. I don't know who has that. Okay, because I remember there was a specific chip with uh, the PS5 consoles. Yeah, the PS5 has an AMD Ryzen Zen 2 processor. Okay. Um, which is a very good processor. I have personal bias and full disclosure. I do, in one of my investment groups, have stock in AMD, but I've had that stock for about 15 years now, so it's not like it's a brand new thing. Right, right. Uh, but I do like to be full disclosure on that. Um, Fair enough, yeah. But I've been building my pro, my I've been building my own computers for 20 years, and I've been using AMD chips for about 15 years. So that's when I first started investing in the company. But yeah, they do both PS5 and Xbox Series S and Series X processor. It's kind of a custom mod off of their Ryzen 7 3700X processor, which I know means nothing to anybody that doesn't know computer tech. Um, But it's a very good processor. It's what's powering my computer right now. Um, But hopefully it's just... I mean, obviously the shortages, that's just one part of a multi-step process in it. But if we eliminate, you know, this, hopefully it'll snowball downhill and get more out there. Obviously... Microsoft hasn't released their sales numbers and PlayStation has just vaguely said that they've sold more PS5s than PS4s at this point in time. Um, which is weird in the sense that A, it's a massive shortage, so not everybody that's buying it. And B, we don't know if they're counting resales for, you know, scalpers, you know, second party, third party, things like that. Yeah, because there's like bots that are automatically set up to buy stuff. Buy it and, and sell it. Sort of thing. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, the, I don't remember. I don't remember when the PS4 launched if there was that much of a demand for it or not. Um, but that was so long ago. I vaguely remember it at all. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the funny thing about the bots and everything, right, is. Because certain people have like, okay, I've gone into like their basket several times trying to buy a PS5, and they even go so far as to pressing pay or, or whatever, and it says sorry, you know, error has occurred, and you can't buy a PS5. So, yeah, e- even though there has been the case that bots are buying up all these PS5s because of scalpers, there is still a demand for it anyway. So you sort of got to wonder if, okay, if if you take the bots away, because there are still people now, including myself, that can't really find PS5. I mean, I found them in certain places, but they've just been listed as too expensive. Um, but you got to kind of wonder that, okay, if you take away the bots that are buying up all these PS5s, wouldn't a lot of people want those PlayStation 5s anyway? So mm-hmm. it's like, okay... Um, because there's like a d- demand shortage sort of fight for it. Because even if Sony, it, it, even if you left the bots in place that are buying these PS5s, but then you made and then you took away the shortage difficulty that they've got and made even more PS5s, you'd not only have the bots kind of maybe buying some of those, but the people that are trying to get a PS5 that can't because of the bots, but then have the option to buy more of them. So in the end of at the end of the day, there would just be more, even more people. Or more purchases of PS5s happening anyway. So um, it's kind of a continuous sort of train in a yeah. way. So. And I just checked on uh, Amazon because that's a good metric for cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ryzen 7 3700X, which we talked about, is a $300 processor. So in the Series X and you know the PS5, if you were to purchase just that processor alone, that's a $300 part. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So... So it works out. Um, when are you planning to buy any next console? Any particular plan? Um, well, like I mentioned before, um, the credit card that I have has a point system, mm-hmm. and those points can be directly transferred to a dollar amount on Amazon with check. So as soon as it becomes available on Amazon, and I do have an alert set up for that, if it ever pops off, then I can buy it at a discount in terms of I can use my points that I've built up over the last few years of just using my credit card for random stuff to uh, buy that. Um, outside of that, it's it's never in stock. I have, you know, I'll check the local big box stores like in the here in the U.S. There's Target and Walmart and a couple other places like that, but. They only do online purchase for pickup only. They actually don't have it in stores. And Target actually just came out with an announcement saying they will not stock it in stores. If it ever comes into inventory, it will stay in the back and only be available for online purchase pickup, which I guess makes sense. I mean, we're living in a world now where somebody was trying to buy Pokemon cards to do like a live unboxing and a fight broke out over Pokemon cards. And somebody drew a weapon during that fight because apparently that's a thing now. So what weapon was it? It was a gun. Wow. <laughs> it's America, so of course it was a gun. But yeah. you know, that's that's nothing different. Mm. If it was the U- if it was the UK, it would have been a knife. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Over over a Pokemon card. Yeah. It's a bit sad. Um, not saying it's sad people collect cards. I'm saying it's sad if you pull out a gun to shoot someone or threaten to shoot somebody for a, for a card. So well, it, it's sad to threaten violence over something that means nothing. Yeah, even so. violence in general. Yeah, but obviously that's another another level to it. 
So, uh, I did have something else I wanted to mention in terms of the shortage and uh, buying stuff with PS5 controllers, but I know that you've got another story involving controllers, so I'll save my thoughts mm-hmm. for that. So, uh, what did you want to talk about? Yeah, speaking of controllers, I mean, it's only almost a year into the technical launch of the PS5, but PlayStation is finally releasing new controllers with a new color scheme because, you know, I... I'm a big fan of variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, sure. I haven't had a chance to use the PS5 uh, DualSense wireless controller yet, but from all reports, it's a technical marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's new two new colors coming out. Uh, one is called Midnight Black, and as you would expect, it is just a matte black controller for the PS5. The other is called Cosmic Red, and it's a really deep ruby red. Obviously, all the other functions of the dual sense are part of it. So if you're, you know, looking to have a second controller for people coming over or anything like that, um, you know, you got options and options are always good. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. The only time I've bought like a different colored controller, which I think was a blue, uh, PS five was when I needed a new controller and it was on sale. So <laughs> I bought it for that reason. I've also got so I've got a uh, I've got a black one that doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't react to anything. Like it doesn't charge and it doesn't turn on. That's the one that I've got with my PS4. Uh, so it's technically my day one controller or, or whatever. And um, then I've got the blue one which I use at the moment, and then the white one which is kind of like you know spare and stuff. I do check now and again that the white one still works and that it charges and everything. Just because you know if the blue one breaks and the black one's already broken. That if I go, oh, you know, the black one's broken, or sorry, the blue one, and I go to turn on the white one, it doesn't work. So I, I do like to check now and again that it does still work and is like, you know, charged and that. So, but again, I got those. Those were on like a bit of a sales, and and then because my uh, black controller stopped working, so those are the reasons I've got those. Um, it's kind of the thing I was going to say, which I mentioned a minute ago. It's quite annoying when because every now and then I'll just throw up kind of like a Google search. Type in PlayStation 5, click on the shopping tab and just have a look around. The amount of times it's like, oh, you can buy your PlayStation 5 products here. I'm like, cool, click on that one. Here's like a controller and the games that you can buy. It's like, cool, yeah, I do want the controller and the games. But also, you know, it's kind of useless to me if I've got no console. Uh, So as good as it is to, you know, sure, have more variety and the, the different colors that you mentioned there. Uh, it's just not much use. Plus, I don't need to separately buy a controller because, you know, I'll get one with a PS5 that I'll eventually get. Uh, but it is just a little bit annoying when you, you know, do a Google search for PS5 in shopping tab and all you see is the games and the controller. Because uh, there's just no PS5s in stock in certain places. So, I just, I find that a little bit annoying. Um... Yeah, or when you're looking to search for it, it's third party, and somebody is selling a PS5 with a external hard drive for fifteen hundred dollars. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Or when it's when it's one of them. So, because um, the, the cheap the cheapest fear the blah, blah, the cheapest PS5 uh, console I found because I don't want the I don't want the digital version. I want obviously the physical version because of uh, the boomerang games and stuff like that is uh i think it was 600 pound and the other week i was like okay i maybe could get that but i was thinking like no no i don't need it like right now so i just kind of didn't go for that Um, yeah a hundred dollars over market i honestly personally don't have a problem with because that's paying 
you know, one shipping and two mm-hmm. their time yeah. and effort in getting into it. But you're charging double price. Um, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the problem in it when you go on like eBay or something, type in PS5 and it's like, hey, one thousand pounds, one thousand two hundred pounds or whatever uh, for the different consoles. So yeah, I don't trust eBay anymore. I've been burned too many times. I stick to Amazon. I mean, granted, you can set up mm-hmm. a, a virtual store on Amazon just like on eBay. So you kind of run into the same things, but I'll trust eBay's, you know, department for fixing things more than I will. Uh, I, I'll trust Amazon's department for fixing right. things more than uh, I will eBay. Mm-hmm. What I typically tend to do, though, when I go to buy anything like that or any sort of merchandise or something, or even like presents for people for Christmas, because it was my uh, dad's birthday the other week. Um, it's also Father's Day next month as well. Jeez. Um is I, I usually go on Amazon. Amazon's like the first place I go to search to buy most of those types of things. Um, and then, or if it's like clothes or something like that as well. And then if I literally can't find what I'm looking for on Amazon, I will have a look on eBay. But uh, obviously get different results and that sort of thing. So, yeah, again, it's good that they've got these options. But uh, you need the console as well. And this doesn't help that situation. So... We'll have to see. I am curious to see about because I've heard people, a lot of people saying kind of what you mentioned a minute ago, which is like how good the DualSense uh, feels to kind of hold and like when you start getting the haptic feedback and what kind of thing, uh, how good all that sort of stuff is. And uh, with um, what's it called? Astro's Playroom, I think is, is mm-hmm. what it's called. Like how they implement that into the games and stuff. Um, I do hope though with all the haptic feedback stuff that that doesn't go the same way that the trackpad did because the trackpad was like, oh, look at this cool little like pad that we've put in and you can like scroll through stuff on games and like click on things or, or whatever. Um, you're probably more likely to see the haptic feedback stuff with first-party games, so like maybe Horizon will have something and like future Spider-Man games and God of War and that sort of thing because um, you're probably not going to see much of that with third-party games. Um, I just hope that if that if that idea is as good as what I've heard that it is with the haptic feedback, that idea doesn't die off within like a year. But it seems to have been implemented in like other games here and there and stuff. So the idea is to use a quote from earlier, alive and well at the moment. <laughs> uh, but we'll have to see. We'll see what that's like in about two years or something. So um, yeah, but... and unfortunately, I think it it. I hope it doesn't go the way of the light bar that's on the PS4 controller because mm-hmm. that was kind of an innovative idea. But outside of um, Until Dawn, I think is the game. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember any game actually using it of of any real effect. I think that was, the fact. I think that was ahead. also meant to be to do with um, tracking the mm-hmm. controller. So like when you play certain VR games that use the DualShock Four, which isn't many of them, but some of them do. Um, that's how it like tracks the uh, controller itself. Because mm-hmm. when when you've got the um, VR headset on, it tracks that through the blue light, blue lights. And then when you've got the move controllers on, which are either red or uh, uh, yellow, um, it tracks it through that. The other day, it tracks it through that. So um, yeah, and the fact that Sony had to put a patch in after a couple years of researching and development just to dim that light and they can't even figure out a way to turn it off is unfortunate but <laughs> yeah it's kind of par for the course with sony at this point yeah couldn't figure out how to turn that off so that was weird um because yeah there is a, there is an option if it doesn't quite dim it that much because i've got mine set on dim as well because i don't want to like you know 
blind myself. Um, mine is still relatively bright, even on the dim set. Because even since day one, I was like, oh, this controller's like kind of bright, and obviously it uses up quite a lot of battery. So I did dim it, like the first chance I got, and it's still kind of quite light. So, um, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, please make more PS5 consoles instead of controllers so that we can actually buy the system itself. That would be helpful. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about tonight? Uh, well, the last thing I have, I always try to end on either a good note or a positive note. Um, if you don't know the name Jerry Lawson, that's not unexpected. He is very important in the world of video game and video game history. He's just not that well known. He was one of the original engineers that developed the Fairchild Channel F, which was the first games console to use swappable cartridges uh he was one of the lead engineer developers unfortunately the um fair the channel f was um came out a couple three months before the original atari 2600 came out um and obviously that blew up and became the biggest thing um so he never really achieved the fame um that he should have in terms of industry innovators if you've seen the uh Netflix series called High Score. They go into a deep delve of his history. Um, sadly, he did pass away in 2011, and he was one of the few African-American engineers involved in the video game industry in the early 80s. Um, he was also a big member of the Homebrew Computer Club, which was an early hobbyist group whose notable members included Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that the University of South Carolina have created a Gerald Lawson Endowment Fund with Take-Two Interactive, and they are creating a uh, scholarship program to get more people into STEM, especially in the minority community, which is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm always a big fan of getting people into STEM because it is a very needed skill set at any point. Um, and Mr. Lawson himself is somebody that, frankly, needs to be well more well-known than he is, considering he basically invented video game cartridges. Um, so hopefully we'll get something cool out of this. We'll see some real innovative stuff out of uh, the video game industry from University of South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea, you know, using kind of... Um his uh legacy and that sort of thing for uh for what they're doing here is uh is really quite cool um it just it kind of makes you think you know when when you see nice stories like this and uh what certain companies can do that have power uh just makes you kind of a little bit more ashamed of um other companies that do have power that choose not to do much uh with with that particular thing um, I mean, you do kind of see, you know, lots of charity, different things happening here and there with, with different people, some which do have power and some which are, you know, uh, like sli have slightly less power and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's good to good to see that this kind of happened as well. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great thing. Like I said, if you haven't seen a high score on Netflix, I would really recommend watching it because it goes into a super deep dive mm. of early video game history. Um and I, I'm 47, and so I grew up in this time, and I'd never heard of this man until um, I saw the thing. And that's, to be fair, I mean, I was 10 when the, those mm -hmm. consoles came out, so it's not like I'd have any way of knowing that. Plus, also, the internet, as we know it now, wasn't a thing, so I'd have no way of researching it. But, 
you know, this is somebody that basically invented video game console uh, cartridges, which was the progenitor to the CDs, and you know, which eventually led to digital sales. So, you know, somebody like like when you think about televisions, like early televisions, obviously, you know, the people that kind of invented the tech, but who blew the glass? You know, who was the person that created the glass that displayed the early images on television? That's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't think about, or, you know, you see something like a stoplight, who invented the system to switch from stop to go and things like that, who designed the color scheme for traffic lights and things like that. These are all things that we just accept as, you know, part of our our norm, and we don't even think about who invented them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, part of humanity and that sort of thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. So, there we go. Uh, let's move on to some uh, emails, feedback, and whatnot. If you would like to write in to us here on uh, this podcast, uh, either about anything to do with games or just get in touch with Entertainment Talk for any particular reason, uh, feel free to do so. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, uh, Twitter eTalk UK, Twitter eTalk UK, sorry, is a contact page and information in your show notes as well. Uh, Jack's got an interesting question. He says, "Have sorry, have either of you seen anything of that game?" Balan Wonderland. Uh, I have seen some of it. I've seen some YouTube clips here and there, and some clips on Twitter and stuff. Uh, it's bad. It looks really, really bad. And uh, it's got a particular weird thing going on with its controls, which is that the left stick moves you around, and every single button, every single other button on the controller, so R1, L1, R2, L2, you know, XB, sorry, not XB, X square triangle circle all those buttons all do the same thing which is jump um so i i mean it's interesting that you can choose any button that you'd like to jump i mean typically when 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 you go and start a game that you know you're going to be jumping in you'd probably be pressing what x to to jump in most games something like you know circle for crouch uh square for reload triangle for like maybe switching different things uh, R two or something to shoot. That that's kind of what you'd you'd go with. Obviously, this is a bit of a it's like a platformer game, but yeah, this game's been getting uh, bashed quite a lot for uh, for various different reasons. I've seen bits and pieces of the gameplay, and I have said before, you know, I'm not really a visuals person, so I don't particularly care what games sort of look like. But uh, I do agree with the consensus that this game also doesn't look very good. Again, that doesn't specifically bother me because I've not really that concerned about graphics um but yeah it's been getting bashed for for that as well have you seen anything from this game i've seen a little bit of it i mean visually it looks very much like the uh old sega saturn game nights Mm. into dreams uh just do a google image search on that and when i say very old i mean 1996 so not old you know relative to the earth but in terms of video games (laughs) it was Quite a long time ago. It was yeah. a uh, Sega game, obviously, developed. So it was kind of the same people that did some of the early 90s Sonics game. Um, outside of the gameplay, obviously, I don't have a PS5, and which is what it's on right now. Um, so I haven't really played it, obviously. I haven't really seen it. But visually, it just it looks like Knights. It looks like a kind of a, you know, copy my work, but don't make it look like you're copying my work. Okay, <laughs> Here's this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, doesn't look very good. So, um, Yasmin says, uh, do you think Sony is ever going to do anything with backwards compatibility? 
the attitude towards it seems to be very strange. Uh, you're right. I, I mean, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of Sony's intention from that a few weeks ago when the only way to currently play PlayStation 1 Classics, at least digitally, to like go on the console and buy them, is through PSP, sorry, PS Vita, and through uh, PS3. You can't do that on a PS4, you can't do that on a PS5. You can buy PS2 Classics, weirdly, on the PS4, because you can get things like... Um, Jack and Dexter and like some of the GTA games so you can buy some of those but you can't buy PS1 or 3 games but you can buy PS2 and 4 games on a PS2 so it's a so it's on a PS4 sorry um cuz the only the only way to the only way would have been if they had of like you know shut the stores down the way that they intended to do before they did a U-turn was if you physically bought a PS1 and then physically bought some of those games, which, as I pointed out at the time, is not a cheap option to do. Considering even though those games are like you know twenty something years old, they are still kind of expensive to to go out and buy. Um, to if you want some of those uh, games physically, so we've kind of already yeah seen some of Sony's intention with those games. And I remember, as I said at the time, uh, things like game preservation are very important. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of those PS1 games I grew up on, you know, things like Abe and Crash and some of those other games as well, things like Metal Gear Solid and, and whatever else, uh, which is where some of my video game, you know, childhood nostalgia even comes from. So uh, I'm glad they decided to do a U-turn on that after, of course, they received a lot of backlash, but it's that is one of the big stark sort of differences between Sony and Microsoft which is you know with Microsoft not only can you get some of those games on Game Pass but you can get them also if you buy you know uh, uh, original Xbox games and 360 games it's like the old Gears of War games and like other ones as well uh, you can't buy all of them but you can buy a good chunk of them on the Xbox store um, and it, does, it doesn't matter which version of the say xbox you're on whether it's the the one or the series x or series s or you know any of those sorts of games so there is a big difference between those two um and it, it is very as somebody like i said as somebody who grew up on those ps1 games it is very very frustrating to see them treated like that and to see them sort of weirdly scattered all over the place because on ps1 you can only play ps1 games on ps2 you can play two and one games on PS3, you can play, uh, I think, 1, 2, and 3 games. I'm not quite sure completely, like, physically and digitally how that all works. And then PS4 gets a weird switch up to where you can buy, like, some digital PS2 classic games and PS4 games. And then PS5 is just some PS4 games and PS5. So it's if you go from platform to platform, it's just very, very kind of scattered, uh, which is weird. Um, but, yeah... So, uh, anyway, what do you, what do you think of Sony's sort of attitude towards backwards compatibility? Well, their attitude has always been, we don't care. And that's, you know, been going on for a long time. And that's not that unique. Anybody that's familiar with the Apple products know that they don't really support legacy, that, you know, eventually anything you get will not be functional in their ecosystem. I actually ran into that when a long time ago I used to do support for Apple products. And when I say a long time ago, this is when the iPhone 5 came out. Uh And when the iPhone 5 came out, a lot of people called in because their Mac computer could not activate their iPhone 
because their Mac computer was so old that it couldn't update to iTunes, which was at the time needed to activate the iPhone, uh-huh. to the version required to activate the iPhone. So their computer was, in Apple's eyes, too old, even though it was still functional. Um, so that's not really surprising. Uh, for the people that can still physically get the games, you can download third-party mod software on a PC and actually just put the disc in a computer and play PS1 and PS PS2 uh, games that way. Outside of that, uh, like you said, it's never been Sony's strategy, but it's always been Microsoft's strategy. And it is what it is, you know. The companies have their directions, and that's the direction they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also interesting with Nintendo, obviously on the on the other side of the playing field, so to speak, when they do things like move the 3D All Stars Mario game off their own store which isn't isn't even a that game's not that that game collection isn't even a year old and it got removed for some reason after six months but you can still get the game physically it's that you look at situations like that which have also happened kind of with playstation not exactly the same thing but similar things to, to which i just mentioned um to where it's like okay well why are you making your own games harder to get um, which again, I, I'll give praise to Microsoft for, which is something that they they haven't messed up with, because again, you got the whole backwards backwards compatibility and uh, Game Pass situation, and that the Game Pass solution to that is great. It's sort of an invitation to where, okay, if you've gotten an Xbox, doesn't quite matter which one it is, as long as it's as old as the you know 2013 Xbox One. Um, and like, hey, if you sign up to Game Pass, which is usually very, very cheap, you've got access to not every single Xbox game, obviously, but a good chunk of them. And it's sort of this invitation to where, okay, sure, if you don't want to spend another $60 or $40 or even 30 or whatever on another game because you've just spent a couple of hundred quid or uh, dollars on a console, it's all like, hey, you can pay, you know, sometimes $1 or $10, uh, depending on what offers available at that moment to play hundreds of is it hundreds probably at this point uh just xbox games in general so um i know you've kind of got the same thing a little bit with playstation now and playstation plus but that's where you get into the problems of like the ps3 streaming stuff and it just it doesn't work anywhere near as good uh and plus with the switch games it's not an invitation to play that their online thing isn't an invitation to play switch games it's an invitation to play I think it's SNES or NES, one of them two. Might even be both at this point. It's like, okay, those are really old, good games, but, you know, it's not the same thing as PlayStation Now or Game, or, uh, game Pass. So, yeah. Um, but I, I just think in terms of... I mean, sure, you know, crit- critically and commercially, Xbox doesn't have the exclusives that PlayStation does, but their ecosystem is a lot more welcoming in terms of, you know, if you spend a few hundred dollars on a console, sign up to this little subscription service, and you've got a bunch of games for at least a month. So, um, any particular thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like I've said before, because of how they did the uh, $1 upgrade, I have Game Pass Ultimate until August next year, so obviously I get a lot of those games um, as part of that, so... But, you know, Sony has made its decision, and it's just rolling with it, so there's nothing we can really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Maybe one day they'll change. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and that's what we've got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, thank you very much for listening. 
Um, if you would like to find other things that we do, other podcasts, uh, you can find those on entertainmenttalk.org uh, for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United episodes as well. Uh, there's only a few games left of the season, so uh, join me for those. And of course, the cup final uh, next week on Wednesday, which should be interesting. Uh, so join us for all of that, entertainmenttalk.org. You can also search for us on your favourite podcast platforms. Get yourself subscribed. Uh, or click on the categories list or the iTunes feeds list or any of those sorts of things and uh, check it all out. So, Also, I'd like to give a quick thank you and shout out to David from Geek Town for having me on his podcast yesterday. Ah. Uh, normally, Bex would be on his podcast, but I don't know if you've seen her schedule or not, but her workload is popping off. She's doing a lot, she, yeah. Yeah, she's crazy busy right now. So um, David reached out to me, and you know, fortunately I had time, so I was able to jump on there first time for his podcast. Awesome, which was super cool. Got to talk about a ton of stuff. So um, you can check out his podcast there at uh, Geek Town, and uh, hopefully this will be a thing that I can be on every now and then. So yeah, yeah, because the only two kind of like I suppose crossovers, if you want to call it that, is uh, you appearing on Geek Town, which you've now said has happened. And uh, there's a guy called uh, the a guy called Daryl on his on his podcast that hasn't been on Entertainment Talk because we've had Gray, obviously you, David himself, uh, and Bex and and Gray on on these episodes. Obviously we did the big episode when was it last month the uh, the fifth anniversary stuff with with everybody. Uh, but those are the only two, only two sort of appearances that are kind of missing. So um, hey, we'll keep working with David and everybody else and uh, see what we do. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to find those Geek Town episodes and posts and everything else, uh, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio is where you can find all of those. Uh, Geek Town Radio episodes come out on Tuesday, so it should be yeah, should be a new episode just in a few hours' time, depending on when David releases that exactly. So have a look out for that as well. Uh, I'm intrigued in that episode. Yeah, should be should be interesting because you've you've done stuff with like me and David before. Uh, mm-hmm. You did like the Good Omens review with him a, a while ago yeah. uh, on. Uh, Oh, on entertainment talk um which was when it was yeah you and him that that's i think that's the only entertainment talk podcast that i'm not on i think oh no no there's also the two interviews that you did with um the two women from uh twitch yeah uh, with Manny. with uh, mel and piercy yeah 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 so those are the only three episodes that don't have me on so uh but yeah you can check out geek town the credit you can geek town radio uh, it's a big time in the world of uh, tv at the moment because there's all sorts of renewals and cancellations so if you want to know about your favorite us tv show uh go and check that out because uh, there's a lot of renewals and cancellations happening at the moment so check all that out uh, as well uh, speaking of bex you can also find everything that she's doing as well trista bites trista b-y-t-e-s those over on twitch she streams quite regularly so go and give her a follow you'll be notified when she goes live uh, you can also find me on Twitch as well, streaming now and again. Again, I'm trying to work out a sort of schedule, so please go and vote on that thing on, on Twitter. Uh, if you can find the, the poll over on Twitter, go and uh, vote over there as to when you would like me to stream, what sort of part of the day, and we'll work things out from there. That's eTalk UK on Twitch, and uh, there's also the YouTube channel as well, which is where I put the Twitch streams as archives. Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube as well. Uh, So go and check out all that if you can. Uh, Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.